Hello and welcome to Talking Tudors, a fortnightly podcast about the ever-fascinating Tudor dynasty. My name is Natalie Gruniger and I'll be your host and guide on this journey through 16th century England. Are you ready to step through the veil of time into the dazzling and dangerous world of the Tudor court? Without further ado, it's time to talk Tudors. Welcome back to Talking Tudors, episode 136. I'm your host, Natalie Gruniger, and I'm so glad that you could join me. As always, I'd like to start by acknowledging and thanking the wonderful listeners who continue to support this podcast via Podbean Patron, and extend a heartfelt thank you to everyone who's taken the time to rate and review the show. This really does make a difference. If you love the podcast and tune into every episode, perhaps you'd consider becoming a Talking Tudors patron. Just click on the Be My Patron on Podbean badge on the homepage of my website, www.onthetudortrail.com, or click on the Be a Patron button on the Podbean app. Join the Talking Tudors patron family, and in addition to receiving lots of Tudor-themed goodies, you'll be automatically entered into our patron-only monthly giveaways. November's prize is a fabulous Tudor-themed book pack, consisting of the Mary Queen of Scots Book of Days and the Queen Elizabeth I Book of Days. Informative and beautifully produced, these books pair a practical perpetual diary with factual information. A huge thank you to Tudor Times for sponsoring this wonderful prize. All patrons are also eligible to attend monthly Talking Tudors live talks, which take place on Zoom. These events are exclusive to patrons. On the weekend of the 20th and 21st of November, I'll be chatting to Adrian Dillard about Jane Boleyn, Lady Rochford. Please get in touch with me if you'd like to register for this event. You can also support the podcast and share your love of Tudor history with the world by buying Talking Tudors merchandise. There are a number of designs and products available, including phone cases, mugs, notebooks and apparel. Check out all the products at talkingtudors.threadless.com. I'd love to see pics of you wearing or using your Talking Tudors merch, so please do tag me on social media and use the hashtag #ILoveTalkingTudors. Now, on to today's episode. I'm thrilled that joining me on the show to talk about the recent discovery of Anne Boleyn's falcon badge is Paul Fitzsimmons. Paul is an antique dealer with over 30 years experience. In 2019, he made an extraordinary discovery. Hear all about it after this short musical break, courtesy of Rose Byers. The Lament of Anne Boleyn is written and performed by Rose and accompanied by Aaron Jones. Until my life it is near 
Divorced from Catherine of Aragon, outraging the church. We were married, and I became his queen and gave birth to our daughter. mother and Henry loved her dearly but he still longed for a son and heir and I could not do it for him Jesus receive my soul O Lord God have pity on my soul and so tried before the angry crowd I begged and pleaded innocent they all cried which you are guilty and I was sent to tower queen world 
Please forgive me when I'm gone. Jesus, receive my soul. Oh Lord God, have pity on my soul. Welcome to Talking Tudors, Paul. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Natalie. Oh, it's lovely to have you on the show today. So I thought that perhaps a good place to start was by you just introducing yourself to our listeners and maybe just telling us a little bit about your background. Okay, hi. Well, my name's Paul Fitzsimmons. I'm an antique dealer based in the south of Devon. I've been working in uh, the antique trade for over 30 years. And my main area of speciality is early English furniture dating from the sort of 15th century through to the 17th century. And it's my passion to go out and find fabulous things. Fantastic. And we're going to be talking about one of those fabulous things that you've found. So in 2019, you purchased an item at auction that was catalogued as an antique wooden bird. So what was it about this particular item that piqued your interest? Well, it was it was interesting. The the auction uh, where the bird was, there were actually four items in the sale. And a pal of mine, actually, who's in the trade, put me on to one, one of the items. And I, I couldn't actually go to the auction. So um, I said to him, I said, no matter what, you buy all four items for me at whatever cost. And uh, he, he made a bit of a joke. Well, how much, you know, do you want me to bid for you for? Because yeah. I thought I couldn't go. And um, I said, just just buy them. So anyway, we were successful and we bought all four pieces. And what was interesting about the bird was the symbolism in it. Uh, when I saw it, I knew it was would have most certainly have had a royal connection of some sort because of the scepter and the roses, powerful symbol with a crown. And although I didn't know straight away that it was Anne Boleyn's bird, I did know that it was 16th century and I knew it was, you know, of some sort of significant interest. So it wasn't really until I picked it up and we actually had it in my hand that I thought "Mm, this is this is much, much more important than what I think. So I got home, you know, started researching and uh, it was interesting because, first of all, I, I picked up Simon Thurley's book, which is uh, The Royal Palaces of Tudor England. I don't know. Oh, yes, I love that book. book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and in this book, page 105, just, just in this bottom corner here. Oh, yes. Yeah. Actually, an image of Anne Boleyn's falcon. That was one of the main first places that I saw that, that it was, you know, the, the badge of Anne Boleyn. I then went on and did a little bit more research. And I found with uh, the RIBA online that they had an image of a drawing of the Amberlin bird. Well, it's identical in every form, every shape, every angle of the root of the of the foot was identical to the falcon that, that I purchased. It had the imperial crown, the scepter, paint schemes were almost identical. And the heading was a detail of a carbon depicting Amberlin's badge, featuring a crown and scepter and flowers from Hampton Court Palace. So it was at that point, I, I contacted a, a very good pal of mine who ran, he was the head of the furniture department for Bonhams in London. I sent him the images and he completely concurred with me that, yeah, it is, it is the badge Falcon of Anne Boleyn, which was wonderful. He 
sort of said, well, can we put it into, you know, Bonham to London? It will do very well. Obviously, I'm an antique dealer. So, you know, I buy things and I sell things. That's that's the nature of the business. Um, so really pushing ahead too fast, really, I agreed. We put it into auction. The problem was when we put it into auction, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. So everything was wrong. We, we didn't do the paint analysis. It's too small to be dendrodated. And, and we put it into auction. They put a pre-estimate sale of fifty to 80000 on it. And I think at that point, when it went into Bonhams, it did actually get a bit of interest. Now, a lot of people did see it, but they saw it in the condition it was when I found it, covered in soot, and there were some traces of later black paint over the top of the falcon. Yeah, so it was a whole interesting uh, yes. process from buying it, finding it, finding out, you know, these other images. Bonhams then, uh, the, the chap David Holston at Bonhams did an awful lot of research. Um, we think we know who made it, where the timbers came from. Uh, it's most certainly uh, made by the same hand as the ones that are currently in the Great Hall. And further research going on, actually, uh, we found a book by Ernest Law which is a fantastic book. It's uh, the, the History of Hampton Court Palace, written in 1890. In here, which is really interesting, but in the ah, centre yes. there, yes. there's a little tiny drawing of, again, the Amberlynn Falcon. And fantastic. on there, it gives the dimensions, seven and a half oh. inches across and eight inches high. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to ask you, just in case some of our listeners maybe aren't familiar with the badge, can you just describe it a little bit for us and just tell us its kind of main features? Absolutely. So what we have, we have a, a falcon standing on a tree stump with the roots protruding out of the bottom of the tree stump. The falcon is holding a scepter and wearing, wearing a crown. The interesting thing with the crown is it's an, an imperial crown, not a royal crown. So this is sort of Henry showing his power over the Pope, obviously with the break with yeah, the break uh, with Rome, break yes. from Rome and, yeah. you know, started in his own Church of England. And obviously you've then got the row of roses and it's it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. stunning. And how how big is it, the one that you've that it's, you've it's seven and a half inches. Oh, it is exactly the same. And oh. eight inches high. It's exactly as it uh, as, as in the book. That's absolutely amazing. So what condition was it in? Can you describe a little bit of what it was like when well, you it was, found it? Was it? Actually, it was actually in very good condition, oh, good condition. Uh, when yep. I found it. Yeah, literally uh, it's, it had some traces of old Victorian black overpaint and, and an awful lot of soot and dirt. And so you got it cleaned up and then managed to see some beautiful colours underneath? We did, we did. We um, obviously in the, in, in the sale at Bonhams, it, it failed to sell. A, because it was during the pandemic, it was the wrong sale. We, we had to really do all the research and all the paint analysis yes. and so on for it to really be taken seriously. We decided that we'd contact, you know, the, one of the best people that we knew in the business that did the paint analysis, which was Ian Crick-Smith. And they have been absolutely fantastic. They work on uh, the Royal Tudor Palaces, you know, and they work for a lot of very important big houses. I think they've been recently been working on Haddon Hall and Chatsworth House. So, you know, they, they, they know what they're doing. And they had it for about six months and they did a very, very careful work on it. They just brought it back to life. 
Yeah, it's absolutely stunning. So there's traces of paint left because I can see some color when I look at yes, the yeah, images. Yeah, well, yeah. well, well, well what, what's phenomenal is uh, all of the paint is extant. It's, it's all there, all the original wow. guild, all the original paint, all the paint in the guild are conclusive with the early Tudor period. We haven't tested, I mean, obviously it's difficult to test paint and the gilding on the ones that are currently in Hampton Court Palace. And we're not too sure whether that's been done, but further research carrying on from this will hopefully reveal that it's the same guild and the same paint. But yeah, all the original paint is, is on it. It's, it's almost like it was the day it was made. That's just so extraordinary. And and Paul, how did it feel when you when you realized what you'd actually found? And I suppose when you saw it in all, all those beautiful colors and, and looking like the day it was made. Yeah, it it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I, I mean, still now, you know, it, it sort of sends those feelings in you that it's just to own and handle something so important. You know, it's great. What I think what's good is, you know, it's come into my hands and it's going to go back into the right hands here on it's, it's yeah. not been lost you know it was lucky that it didn't get sold in bottoms and be lost to a collector in america or europe mm. or england you know never to be seen again absolutely absolutely and and just in terms of the carvings used during the 16th century do you think this was a ceiling pendant a wall pendant is there any kind of idea about that it's very, it's very difficult to say. Uh, obviously, Tracy, uh, Tracy Borman from yes. Star Palace is, is thinking that it's quite possibly from one of her, one of her apartments. It, it could, it could be from from any part of the building. Yes, I guess yeah. it's, it's very hard to say. I mean, these badges would have been made, and they're leading up to Henry making a queen, and you know they would have been dotted all throughout the yeah. palace. And the ones that were low down that could be seen were obviously the ones that were taken down first. There's nothing to say that there's more out there. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, you know, it's generally thought that this could have been removed, uh, you know, by a supporter and, um, you know, looked after. And it's, you know, obviously been flying around for five years. Yes, I think it's amazing. <laughs> and I love it because, it, you know, Henry attempted to annihilate her memory, herself and her memory. And it just shows Absolutely. that there were supporters that kept, you know, her memory alive and that remembered her. And I think that's so amazing. And you mentioned yeah. that it's going on loan to Hampton Court, which is fantastic. Yes. So why did you why did you feel that this was the best place for it? Well, you know, it's I'm not I'm not your typical antique dealer. It's not all about profit. You know, I'm a very specialist dealer. I've got a very small following of collectors that collect this stuff, and. You know, sometimes it's better to go back to where it came from. You know, luckily, you know, Hampton Court Palace have accepted it as being from Hampton Court Palace. I believe it's come from there. Bonhams believed it came from there. And really, you know, it should go back. Yeah, it's really an extraordinary story. It's, yeah. it's flown full circle, hasn't it? And I think that's so beautiful. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so beautiful. And you you mentioned that you specialise in furniture and art from the 15th to the 17th centuries. So have you ever come across any other items with royal connections? <laughs> uh, I have and I do. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share one or two or not? <laughs> well, I, I could do, I could do. I've got I've got several things. Um, I mean, I've just recently bought a fabulous pair of life-size sculptures of uh, King James I, right. which wow. are 
you know, they're, they're, they're awesome. Um, you get to do some research on that. I did buy actually um, another piece, possibly connected to Anne Boleyn. We don't know whether it's come from Hampton Court Palace or not, but certainly as in the Ernest Law books, uh, you know, he describes that there were leopards, there were falcons, there were lions. Yes. And actually behind me here. Yes, I was just looking at that thinking, oh, I like that. This, this, <laughs> this was sold this year in auction. It's, it's actually, it's all completely later painted. Right. Okay. But the quality is sublime. Uh, mm. And this was sold as the, the leopard head of Anne Boleyn. This is her right. second batch. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. This, this too. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a lot more research on this okay. before I, I put this out anywhere. So yeah. you are the first to see. Oh, thank you, and it's beautiful. And yeah. I wish everyone at home yeah. could see it. So the, it's a leopard head, and you may, there may have been some photos online because I feel like I remember seeing a there, peacock. Yeah, there, there were. Yeah, there were. it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful so, piece. So, so further research will be done on, on, on that. Uh, I've got a bed that was made for Henry the Seventh. Wow. Um, uh, that's that's a pretty pretty cool thing and I've I've had quite a few things in the past and yeah. you know, there, there are things that I've sold at auction that have made lots of money and they've been royal connected I'm sure that there have been many things that many dealers have had that they haven't realized are, are of royal connection and you know they've they've missed it and it's gone you know I've got the inventories of Henry the uh, Henry the eighth Yes. And there's 18,000 objects. That's in there. right. And, <laughs> That's you know, exactly right. Um, and there, there must be many things mm. that, that are sort of described in the 16th century, you know, and how they're described now and how they look now. People will just not understand the yes. correlation between the two and, you know, mm. things get missed. So it's quite possible that I've handled other things in the past that, yeah, I've had things, but now I'm, I'm more tuned into it now much yeah. more now than I was sort of, you know, 30 years ago. Fantastic. And just out of curiosity, does does gut, gut feeling play a part when you're looking at items? Massively. Does that? Massively. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Quite often when I see something good, yep. it does make it does make you go funny. You know, you do, yep. you do get that feeling and it's like, gosh, I've got to buy that, you know. That's amazing. And, and you've been doing your work for a long time. Do you have a, a kind of favourite acquisition, I suppose, and, or maybe one of, one of a, a number of favourites, and, and why? I've actually just recently bought a very good portrait. It's a Flemish portrait of Henry VIII, which is really, really very, very, very nice. Again, we're still researching it and getting some paint analysis done on it. But that's, that's a really nice thing. Oh, it's amazing. And, and I'm so grateful that you took the time out. I know there's lots of people interested in this story now because it's it's just an extraordinary story. And as you know, Paul, Anne Boleyn has a very loyal following <laughs> these days, the yes, 21st absolutely. century, absolutely. which is lovely. And I think what you've done is is amazing, sending it back to Hampton Court. And I, I hope to get to see it one day myself. It's a reminder that her memory stayed alive after her death. So I think it's really yeah. wonderful. So, and yeah. I appreciate our mutual friend, Sandy, connecting us, which was lovely. Yeah. You know, Sandy Vassioli, she is wonderful. I love her to bits. She is the best, um, isn't she? You know, if it wasn't for Sandy, I don't think the Falcon would have got back into Hampton Court Palace this soon. You know, her connection with James Peacock and, you know, and their connection with Tracy. Without without those two, without Sandy and James informing Tracy, I don't think, I don't think we'd be where we are now with it. 
they have both been absolutely wonderful. And I should just say, sorry, before before I let you get on with your day, if people wanted to find out more about your um, antique business or wanted to perhaps purchase something, they're interested in purchasing a piece of Tudor, Tudor furniture or something, where should they go? How do they find you? Well, my business is online okay. um, and uh, the name of the business is Maram Church Antiques. And uh, I'm on Instagram, so you can follow me at, uh, at Maram Church Antiques on Instagram. And through through Instagram, you, there's a link straight to my website. Fabulous. Um, I've got a very, very easy website to use. I have Tudor items on there and uh, I've got a I've got a large update going on on Saturday. And then I've got further updates going on, you know, every other week, you know, leading up to Christmas with with items. And I'm always up for doing a deal. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, uh, equally, I'm interested in buying it as much as right, I am okay. selling it. So, yep, yeah, that's good to know. And I follow you on Instagram and I'm always drooling over everything you post. I think, oh, I want that and I want that. <laughs> one day, one day, Paul, I'll get something Tudor, that's for sure. But thank you again for taking the time to chat with us. Oh, no, you're most welcome. And it's, it's been an absolute pleasure, Natalie. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Talking Tudors. Thank you so much for joining us. I absolutely love to hear from listeners, so if you have any comments or suggestions or just want to say hi, please get in touch with me via my website, www.onthetudortrail.com, where you'll also find show notes for today's episode. If you've enjoyed the show, please share the podcast with friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I also invite you to join our Talking Tudors podcast group on Facebook, where you can interact with other Tudor history lovers and hear all the behind-the-scenes news. You'll also find me on Twitter. My handle is on the Tudor Trail and on Instagram as the most happy 78. It's time now for us to re-enter the modern world. As always, I look forward to talking Tudors with you again very soon. Music